Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong along with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Jason. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. I'm excited to uh, do the program once again. These are always very fun, and you always take us in an interesting direction. Well, I mean, that, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and I enjoy doing it. Uh, this morning, I wanted to talk um, about an issue uh, that is important to many, many families, and that has to do with caregiving, and particularly the topic of after caregiving. And you might think to yourself, "Was what does that mean, after caregiving? Basically, it's when you've devoted your life to taking care of someone, and that has consumed you, and then your loved one dies. And now you're not caregiving anymore, but it's like, what do you do with yourself? And so that is after caregiving. (laughs) Okay. So, and I think it's a really important topic to discuss. Um, And and now uh, there is an issue with caregiving too, and, and I find it extraordinarily common among uh, the ladies who are caregivers um, and, and obviously uh, simply because of the way life is thrown at us, um, the wives, the women, sometimes it's a daughter, uh, tend to be the caregivers um, for their husbands um, and that's far more common than the opposite, where the husband is caregiver for for the wife, as as a percentage anyway. I mean, there are a lot of exceptions out there, but um, but it's very common uh, among uh, women. And I'm very pleased this morning to have a guest, uh, Diane Surgeon, who is an attorney uh, from Lumberton. Uh, Robinson County, North Carolina, uh, but but she's uh, in Raleigh today, uh, helping us and uh, uh, learning from us as well. Uh, but Diane uh, is a very experienced attorney uh, who uh, has a great deal of experience uh, with seniors. Uh, she uh, has not. She's not only an elder law attorney. Um, and one of the few down in that area of the state. Uh, but uh, she has also uh, had the experience as a businesswoman uh, running uh, her own adult daycare center, uh, which is a, a, a pretty arduous task. And she has also uh, owned and managed a home care agency. Um, so uh, obviously that gives her a great deal of experience dealing uh, with seniors who have issues that where they need uh, help with the activities of daily living and their families uh, because uh, it's not a matter of just dealing with the folks who need help. You've, you've got to be there for the families as well. <laughs> Well, right. so we're happy to have Diane with us uh, this morning uh, to 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 help us with this conversation. But the first thing I want to do before we get into the after caregiving is uh, I used a word uh, when I introduced this topic to say oftentimes the caregivers are consumed with caregiving. 
And what I mean by that is the fact that it's more than a full-time job. It uh, It is a 24-7 responsibility even when – um, the caregiving it isn't as tough as it might be because it typically starts off uh, as just a few little issues and gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, and um, uh, the the biggest issue that I see is that most uh, women, in terms of being the caregiver, uh, think think that they've got it handled. <laughs> <laughs> At least they do initially. Uh, and as a result of that, in other words, it's like I can do this. I know how to do this. Uh, uh, they don't often enough turn for to help. And, I, I mean, the first help needs to be uh, – um, uh, advocacy groups uh, where other people um, have had similar experiences and they can learn from their own mistakes. Uh, but oftentimes you get consumed in what you're doing and it's like, I don't have time. I can't leave my partner f- for a few hours to uh, to learn what I need to learn. Uh, but the biggest issue I see, uh, and I'll pull Diane on this, is the fact that uh, particularly women don't take time off. They don't take the respite. And I know what's going on. It's sort of like I can't afford to do that because it's expensive to bring people in to take care of my loved one while I go off and play. Uh, but the fact of the matter is is that respite, uh, it, you know, taking that time off, taking a weekend, taking a week occasionally – where you're not the caregiver, you're off, maybe enjoying uh, the beach or the mountains with uh, with, with a, a, a child or a friend or something, just just to get away, uh, because otherwise you feel trapped. You're it's a twenty four seven responsibility. It's a ball and chain that's tied to your ankle, uh, and you can't get away from it. Um, so, uh, Diane, I, I know I've talked too much. That's one of my <laughs> biggest flaws, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, give us some insight. Good morning, Bill. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am delighted to be here. This is one of the topics that is near and dear to my heart because caregiving is, as you said, a job. It's a responsibility. It's a challenge. And it can be all-consuming. And I think particularly for women because women by nature are caregivers and they care for their parents they care for their spouse they care for the children they care for the community and oftentimes neglect themselves and so I've had to challenge women to understand that while you want to give all and you do give all in order to continuously do it you have to step back and take a break the respite as you said is important. I challenge women all the time to um, allow people to help. Mm -hmm. Most women will say, nobody can care for my spouse or my parents the way I do. And I will say to them, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. They can't do it like you do it, but they can do it well. And by giving them an opportunity to do something to help you will allow you to take a break, 
take a breather, regroup, recharge, and then come back refreshed. And so I urge people all the time to allow other people to give them some help. I urge people to think about what needs to be done, to list out the various tasks that you have to do, and see what someone else can help you do. Great idea. Preparing a meal, uh, coming in to sit while you go grocery shopping, Mm -hmm. or just taking a walk in the park, or if you can't leave, just go to your room, take a bath, read a book, Mm -hmm. listen to some music. It's so important. I think the other thing that's very important for women to, to realize is that you have to um, get some physical activity mm-hmm. for yourself because caregiving is physical. Mm-hmm. It's draining, but uh, you need some stretches. You need to walk um, just to give yourself some, some time away from this, this task of caregiving. I think it's also important, Bill, for, for women to have their own hobbies, something that is away from the caregiving. Mm-hmm. Think about what you like to do, what you did before caregiving was kind of all you did, and go back to that mm-hmm. every now and then. Figure out how to put that in your day or at least on a weekly basis to do something to challenge your own mind, to uh, regenerate yourself, um, and that those hobbies can be very, very fulfilling. I, I think that's absolutely right. And one of the the uh, focus points, one of the things that I try to tell um, uh, my client caregivers is the fact that taking a break is as much for – the person that you're caring for as it is for you Mm -hmm. because if you take those necessary times off and you get that refreshment, Mm -hmm. it allows you to be a better caregiver. Mm -hmm. It allows you to come back refreshed, Mm -hmm. uh, focused, um, uh, and uh, with the ability to stick with it longer. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The one person who's cared for would much prefer long-term to mm-hmm. be at home right. than to basically reach your breaking point to, because you haven't taken a break, pulling your hair out and right. saying, I can't do this anymore. Exactly. You have to go to assisted living mm-hmm. or you have to go to nursing care because I'm not going to do this anymore. That's right. Because everybody eventually – reaches a breaking point unless their loved one dies Mm -hmm. sooner because it's such a difficult task and so uh uh-oh jason is here saying you got to cut this short so i guess uh, we'll let you take us to a break jason and then we'll come back and keep talking about this very important subject i always ruin the fun bill i'm I'm sorry i know you're on a roll but i want to give you and diane plenty of more time to talk about the need for respite with caregiving we also as you mentioned earlier bill want to get into the topic of what happens after caregiving and what are some tips and some things that we need to be aware of in that regard stick around in the studio we have a special 
special guest. It's Diane Surgeon. She is a, an attorney out of Lumberton, and we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, if you want to find more about Bill, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. There you can find plenty of information about the services he provides. You can also register for the October seminar. This is great for anyone who is worried about or dealing with a long-term care crisis. Again, WGALaw.com is the website. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we have a special guest in the studio. She is Diane Surgeon, and she is an elder law attorney out of Lumberton, and we're so very pleased to have her in the studio today, Bill, because we're talking all about caregiving, and uh, we're going to get into a subject that I don't think a lot of people who are even dealing with a caregiving crisis or any sort of caregiving situation right now tend to think about. Right. Well, I want to move now because we've we've talked about uh, some of the issues facing caregivers as they're doing that caregiving. And then, you know, uh, basically it's an all-consuming type job for many of the folks out there. Uh, because they're uh, because it's hard to leave. Your loved one needs assistance. You're trying your best to keep them at home, and then your loved one dies. And for a lot of folks, uh, after caregiving is a huge issue. Now there are similar issues to after caregiving. It's like if if you lose your spouse, you know, and you're a widow or widower. Um, it has some of the same issues with the exception that when you're, you have been consumed with taking care of your loved one and then your loved one passes. Um, I know, Diane, you've dealt with this with your uh, – so let me turn this to you and, and say give us your insight. Okay, Bill, I would say there are several things that women need to do after they – don't have these caregiving responsibilities. One of the first things would be perhaps depending upon where where she is um, you know, emotionally and she might want to join a support group just to talk about the loss and to share experiences and to – Where do you find to, that kind of support group, Diane? Almost in every community – uh, through the hospital, mm-hmm. um, many hospitals and caregiving agencies would have information on support groups. I used to do a support group myself, mm-hmm. um, and so it's very, very important. I know the value of these support groups. Um, so getting engaged with a support group can be very, very powerful. Um, I would say volunteering mm-hmm. is very important because you're used to doing something. So just sitting down for most women will not be a good answer. They need to keep their minds uh, going. So volunteering with with Red Cross or with the hospitals or mm-hmm. with their church, but mm-hmm. find something that's very, very meaningful to them. The other thing that's very important is perhaps going back to 
back to work, back to your career, because many women have to take off from their career paths for their caregiving for children or for the spouse or for the parents. And generally, if someone has to take away from the work, it's usually women. Mm-hmm. And so they want, might want to go back um, to their work, go back to school, get another um, career going and find that, you know, that is really, really um, powerful for them as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think women need to focus on is looking at their financial position because if you're out of work because you're caregiving, then that's impacting your finances. It's impacting your savings and your retirement and, and getting ready for your own journey. So you might want to shore up your finances as best you can because now hopefully, you know, some of the monies and that you might have been using for caregiving, you can now redirect into savings or into some investment portfolios so that you can shore up your own finances because, you know, you might at some point need uh, some care assistance yourself and you want to have have that in place. Well, you know, when it comes to finances, one of the hardest things for me to convince uh, my ladies to to spend money uh taking uh, the breaks that they need is that they're fearful uh, while they're caregiving uh, that if they do that, they're going to spend money that they don't have and they're jeopardizing their own future financially Mm -hmm. because there's – and what I try to tell them is that uh, your health is more important and uh, you got got to spend the money to take care of yourself so that you get those breaks. But there are an awful lot of ladies that don't ever take a break for years because they're worried about the money. And so – but now – our loved one has died, mm-hmm. and so I think you're you're exactly right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, their legal status has changed. Now they're mm-hmm. now you're single. Your tax situation has changed. Right. Your financial situation has changed. Right. And of course, I should say this because this is self-serving, but. Truthfully, this is also a time to see your estate planning attorney to see what needs to be done for you. And actually, the truth is, is that you should be seeing your elder law estate planning attorney early on when you uh, in the caregiving process, because most people don't see the attorney early enough. They they think they have everything handled when the attorney can actually give an awful lot of good advice early on where right. things where you can actually save an awful lot of money by doing things a certain way and have more choices and having more options and choices that's right. exactly right so um i do uh but i know that there's some other issues and i cut you off and i apologize that uh, for that no, <laughs> yeah. no, no that's fine um the other thing i would uh, emphasize because i don't think we can stress it too much is um after you have finished you know the caregiving is really it's okay to focus on yourself mm-hmm. and it's not impossible for women to focus on themselves i had to pause because it's difficult mm-hmm. because women are used to caring for others and not focusing on themselves but i think it's very very important for us to emphasize encourage 
and support women in supporting themselves and caring about themselves so that they can be um, a strong uh, community activist. They can be uh, a service provider for the community, and it's okay to take care of self first. Well, I'd like to go back to your initial comment about uh, the caregiver uh, getting back out uh, and being active again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a whole, you know, it's one of those things that's far easier said than done mm-hmm. because uh, so many folks, uh, when they become a caregiver long term, they basically lose touch. Uh, they they uh, stop going to church uh, because they can't uh, go. Uh, they don't see their friends. Uh, the, oftentimes, uh, they become isolated over time because all of the things that they used to do and enjoy, they've stopped doing. And they've right. stopped doing it oftentimes for three, four, five years or more. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it – makes you isolated. That's and of right. course there's another piece that comes with isolation frequently and that's depression, exactly. clinical depression. Mm-hmm. And, and when that comes uh it it's a triple dose where it's even more difficult to function, mm-hmm. to make any decision whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I I think th- th- that isolation and depression is one of the reasons that professionals tell people who are going through these issues not to make major decisions for at least six months because mm-hmm. most people, when they lose a spouse, whether they've been a caregiver or not, are depressed. Right. Uh, right. And sometimes it's clinical depression. Sometimes it's not. But, uh, you know, more often than not, there's isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes depression. Depression right. is very common, right. and it's something that people need to discuss with their physician mm-hmm. uh, and to do something about it. But I, I didn't want to just assume that we could say, oh, go go and do, right. and people will actually do it because it's it's difficult. It's hard. It's, it's, it's very, very hard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's changing your lifestyle mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. because you had to change your lifestyle to be a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And that's now right. that's that burden has been lifted, right. but now you're, you've lost touch with your friends. Right. You've lost touch with your church and right. your community. It's and lonely. you're just sitting at home going, yeah. okay, what am I going to do yeah. with myself? And that loneliness can, can be devastating, which is why it's so important to, to, to get out to socialize, to engage with other people and with other things that you used to do, uh, it's, 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 it will give you power and help you to realize that um, there's light out there and you just need to go out there and shine. Well, and, and there are a couple other issues that, that come with it uh, because um, – People who tend to be by themselves, they don't eat right. In other words, it's like I don't feel like fixing food for myself. And, right. you know, why should I, you know, go in the kitchen and fix something fancy when I'm the only one right. there to eat it? Um, and so I, I find it frequent 
that uh, people who are living alone, particularly after they've lost a loved one and they're isolated right. and they're not seeing their children and they're not seeing their friends yeah. because that's all, uh, you know, change of lifestyle and all that. Sometimes they're not taking their medications right. the way they're supposed to, but they're not eating right and they're not exercising. They haven't done it in a few years, if you will, and and now they've got to make decisions for themselves right. to, to improve themselves and yeah. we can talk a little bit more about that but i here's jason nodding at us again so i know <laughs> we're gonna have to take a break well that that is right bill we do have to take a break but uh this is an important topic and we want to continue our conversation again we have diane surgeon in the studio she is an elder law attorney in lumberton and uh, i want to remind everyone that if you're in the caregiving process and you if you have not consulted an elder law attorney save yourself some heartache schedule an appointment with bill you can do that by going online to wgalaw.com or you can call 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand or online at wgalaw.com. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this Saturday morning. I am Jason Kong alongside Bill Alexander, and we have a special guest in the studio. She is Diane Surgeon. She's an elder law attorney, and we're talking all about the subject of caregiving. And, Bill, I know you wanted to revisit uh, where we left off right before the break, and uh, the subject of diet came up. And I well, think we need to stick on that. I think we can go back to both diet and exercise. And, and of course, this is important to folks who are – it's important to all of us. I mean, all of us know that our doctors, every time we go, every darn year, the doctor says, oh, you need to eat better and you need to start exercising. And we say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> take, uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, and of and you course, plan to. <laughs> yeah, it's those New Year's resolutions that tend to get uh, thrown out uh, by the end of January, unfortunately, because and we need to talk about it um, because I think it's an even greater issue for folks who are single. Um, uh, and so, Diane, uh, tell us about that. It's very interesting because, yes, it is uh, difficult to cook for one. Um, I think women tend to prepare these elaborate, healthy, appropriate meals for their families and then for, and for their spouse. And then when they are by themselves, they tend just not to do it. It's just too hard to cook for one. So what if you cooked for several? And I was just thinking as we were talking, it can solve several issues for you. One, if you form a group with other single ladies and have everybody fix their favorite dish, and then you've got this appropriate meal, plus you have this companion. You're mm-hmm. not by yourself. Mm-hmm. So that solves several problems. What a great Same idea. Thing, <laughs> so you've got this, now you've got this um, women's cooking group, mm-hmm. and you 
come together on a weekly basis and everybody brings their favorite dish and now everybody has a favorite dish and you, everybody's going to do their best well, to some make are sure. better cooks than others exactly <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's going to show off and bring mm. their best and so now you've got this great um, meal and you are not by yourself you're excited planning for it and so you are doing something mm-hmm. and that's very very important with the exercise, same thing. Mm-hmm. Get a group together, go walking in the park, walk in the mall, whatever, but get a buddy. Mm-hmm. I think um, studies will show that most of the time, if you've got a buddy who's going to help commit mm-hmm. to the exercise program that you all develop together, you'll stick with it longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to get out there by yourself when that clock goes off you want to hit that snooze and then you just say well i'll do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. and then i'll do it the next day right and before you know it you know a whole week has passed and you've not done anything but if your buddy is calling you and saying hey we've got to go and you do it together again you're addressing this loneliness problem Mm -hmm. because you don't want that plus you're exercising you're engaging with others Mm -hmm. and so you're just becoming a more well-rounded, balanced person. I think that's wonderful advice. I I, I do. I, one of the things that I think we all know is that it's hard to go out to eat and get a nutritious meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and and it doesn't really matter what our intentions are. Uh, it, when it comes to, I mean, you know, we can go out to eat and say, "Oh, I can eat a salad," but Truthfully, uh, it doesn't work that way because restaurants mm-hmm. tend to use uh, a lot of butter and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, s- stuff that's uh, actually not particularly good for us. Yeah. Uh, it tastes it better. Tastes good. It looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, and it's not all that good. Uh, but uh, it's really hard to go out to eat and and uh, actually get uh, a nutritious meal. We might get a, a, a delicious meal, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between delicious and nutritious. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> so, right. Uh, and, and so it is important uh, to uh, fix and prepare meals at home so that you can actually um, uh, uh, you know what's going in it right. and you have control over the ingredients mm-hmm. uh, of what's being prepared and, and that's uh, really important. Um, actually, I can even uh, attest uh, to the uh, the diet I'm on. People hate other folks who talk about their diets. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I've mentioned this one, and it, it's just blown my mind uh, how it works. But it, it's based on a book that's not a new book uh, called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And one of the things that surprises me is is that uh, an awful lot of folks don't even know what their blood type is. Uh, and so if you don't know what your blood type is, you need to go to the Red Cross and give blood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they will appreciate the blood, and you'll find out what your blood type is. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, the, the fact is, from, and I can only talk uh, about uh, uh, from my own situation – but uh, one of the things this particular diet has done for me is without trying, I've actually lost weight uh, and my portions are, you know, I still eat pretty much what I want to eat. 
but I've had to adjust my selections uh, based on my blood type. And one of the things that has just blown my mind is the fact that my blood type, which is B as in boy, I'm not supposed to eat chicken. And I've always been told that I was supposed to eat as much chicken as I could, and that was chicken that's good for you and all that good stuff. Well, this diet tells me I can eat turkey, but chicken is bad for me. I can have chicken eggs and I can have chicken products, but I can't have chicken. And that was a big change. And then the other one for me, that I, uh, for my blood type, that just really roils me because I love some of this stuff, and that's uh, shellfish like lobster and shrimp and crab and yummy stuff like that. Mm. I'm not supposed to eat. I can have lots of fish, and I can have beef. You know, people tell you beef is bad. Well, not on this diet. <laughs> so – and uh, and one of the things that has surprised me is the fact that uh, prior to going on this diet, I had indigestion every day, and I would take a pill for indigestion. Uh, and now I've read that those pills I used to take uh, actually might be cancer-causing. So Ooh. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but the bottom line is I've been on this diet for over a month at this point. With no indigestion at all. So something is going on mm-hmm. that is good because no indigestion. I've lost – actually, I've lost over 10 pounds in the last month uh, without really trying to do it. So from my perspective, uh, there's some truth to this diet, and it's an easy one to actually stay on. Um, and so I would do that. Now mm-hmm. – so that's all I'm going to say. Now I feel, feel, you know, I'm talking like Forrest Gump at this point. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, so and exercise. There's there's one exercise, and I was hearing some folk, other folks talking about um, how the fact that this is really good exercise. So I'll throw this out. But I I have to tell you that I grew up with this. Because uh, when I was uh, growing up, uh, my family would always go to Montreat. Uh, Montreat is in North Carolina outside of uh, Black Mountain up near Asheville. And it's the old Presbyterian assembly grounds. And in the summertime, it is the most delightful place on earth. Um, there is a day camp, uh, if you will, and I don't even want to call it a camp because they call it the clubs for children all the way through high school. Um, from little ones, uh, pre-kindergarten up through high school, uh, where they have activities for them all day long. And I grew up with that. But on Friday nights uh, in Montreat, there is a weekly square dance. Mm. And wow. one of the most fun things <laughs> that they t- – and, and they teach all of these uh, kids – Line dancing. Wow. And, uh, you know, line dancing is a lot of fun. It is. Um, and, I, you know, one of the funniest things, I, I, but every night, I mean, every Friday night at Montreat in the summertime, you'll have people who are in their 90s out on the dance floor with their great, great, great grandchild who's three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's dancing, <laughs> uh, square dancing or line dancing, uh, both. Uh, but it's just, you know, line dancing is one of those things you can do by yourself. Mm-hmm. And once you learn one, one of the funniest line dance I know is the chicken dance. And, and, <laughs> I and, like and, to see and everybody, 
doing the chicken. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the most fun thing. But um, it's great exercise, yeah. you know, and so it's also another way you can get together with your friends and learn to line dance and, mm-hmm. and um, socialize, Socialize too. Or you can do it by yourself mm-hmm. or you can just take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me taking a walk. <laughs> but, you know, that's good for you and that's all, all that it takes. But, but uh, the doctors basically say that you're supposed to have three kinds of exercise, not just one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not real good at this because you have to understand that everything we say, we don't really do it completely. Not completely. We, we try to do as much of it as we can. But, but what kind of exercise are we all supposed to have? We're supposed to have stretching exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few minutes, uh, we're supposed to have cardiovascular exercise. In other words, do something where you get your heart beat up for five or ten minutes or more. Mm-hmm. And that could be from walking mm-hmm. or cycling mm-hmm. or riding a stationary bike or running or – Line dancing. Line dancing, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, and then weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, obviously you got to be very judicious about how you do your weightlifting. And so it might you might need to – Get somebody to teach you how to do it if you've never done that before. But right. uh, but the, all three, uh, and it doesn't matter how old you are, mm-hmm. you can be eighty years old and you still need to do all three exercises. Or you or you can be a youngster and it's the same thing. You need all three kinds of exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do I do all three exercises? No, I, I should. I know I should. I do my stretches. Uh, but the other two, I don't get in very often. I wish I did. Um, but so, you, you know, it's the kind of thing we know what to tell you what to do. But, yes. you know, none of us are very good at doing it all. <laughs> right. And, and the other thing is, though, when you have a buddy, you can lift each other up. That's true. And keep each other encouraged. And so while the listeners are hearing what to do, they can share it with each other. And then together get it done. Great idea. I emphasize togetherness because it is hard to do stuff by yourself. But if you can get a partner, um, somebody to be your buddy, then I can see success. Very good. That helps keep you accountable. We've got Diane Surgeon here in the studio. We're going to take a quick break and continue our conversation on caregiving. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we do have a special guest in the studio. She is Diane Surgeon. She is an elder law attorney in Lumberton, and we've been talking all about caregiving and what happens after caregiving and everything else in between along the way, Bill. But one subject that we did want to get back to is is this concept of making sure that your plans are in order as you enter or end a caregiving situation. Absolutely, and and of course. Uh the pl- the legal planning is is extraordinarily important, and what a lot of folks don't realize that is that an elder law attorney can actually make a huge difference financially, 
uh, in terms of helping you get financial assistance uh, if you have a long-term care issue in the family and also to protect your assets for yourself and for your loved one. And so it goes together, being able to get financial assistance, which most people unfortunately think, well, that's impossible. We're not going to be eligible. We're middle-class folks. We have, we have enough money, and, you, and most people think you have to be poor in order to receive assistance. And that is a huge myth. Most middle-class uh, families can, in fact, get some financial assistance when they need it if they have good advice. So it's really important for folks to early on get legal f- advice from an elder law attorney because most attorneys have no clue how these issues work. And most of the time people actually have a false idea of what's required uh, to be eligible. So it is important for folks to see an elder law attorney in order to get good advice when it comes to this. And then, of course, the next stage oftentimes is when you lose a loved one, your legal situation has changed. And so oftentimes you need to revise your documents because sometimes your spouse was your trusted person to make decisions for you. And now you have to lean on somebody else if you can't make your own decision. So oftentimes, once you've lost your loved one, then you have to revise uh, your legal documents as to who's going to be your trusted agent if you fall into a situation. And oftentimes, you can also do better because uh, your tax situation has changed, your you're no longer married filing jointly. You're single uh, with fewer exemptions, and having good advice on the tax end can be helpful. Having good advice on your financial situation is helpful, uh, and also your your goals and your legacy for your family. And where does that all come together? It comes together with your estate planning. That's where, it, uh, where your documents should be helping you reach all of the goals as it relates to uh, your financial situation, your tax situation, and your legacy. It's it's all should be a part of your estate planning. And that's certainly what we try to do at WG Alexander and Associates. Um, it's my focus in trying to help families. And the other key uh, that a lot of folks don't realize is oftentimes there are options that folks have never considered. Um, More often than not, people come to my office and say, well, we we just want to update our will or we just want to make sure our documents are in order. But nobody's ever told them that they could actually do other things that will make a difference so that they can actually achieve their goals for themselves, their spouse, their children, their grandchildren – because a lot of folks don't realize that there are options. And again, that's where you – these options, uh, you can get them from a good elder law attorney. Yes, and that is so key to have that advice. And again, you can go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. There you can also find information about Bill's free seminars that he does every month. And this is what you alluded to earlier, Bill. If you're dealing with a long-term care situation, you don't think that you qualify for any sort of assistance, attend the seminars. They're free. It's a great way to get wonderful information. And if, if you're still not convinced, then just tune in next week to the show. And I'm sure over time that we'll, we'll convince you that way. 
Again, WGALaw.com is the website, or you can call to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, uh, before we head out today, I know you have a, a couple of parting shots. Well, uh, first, importantly, I want to thank Diane Surgeon for being my guest this morning and helping us with caregiving issues. Thank I think you. it's so nice to have uh, uh, another. A valid and important opinion expressed, a little different focus, uh, which I think is helpful to all of us. Uh, and secondly, um, I want to remind folks that uh, I'm, I'm going to be conducting my asset protection and trust seminar again uh, the second Wednesday in October. Uh, I will be doing it again, and this will be the third time that we've done it, but we've uh, had a lot of folks who've come and enjoyed the seminar, and so I want to keep doing it as long as there's interest in hearing uh, if folks uh, hearing about uh, trusts and how they work and how they relate to asset protection for families as well. Another great way to get free information from Bill. Again, the next seminar is coming up October 9th. That is a Wednesday. And again, you can register online for free at WGALaw.com or you can call 919-256-7000. Our thanks again to our guest today, Diane Surgeon. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you and reminding you to join us next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.